Um, And so I want to continue in that vein. And if we're going to do what Jesus did, then we've got to make sure that we're reflecting God's love. The first verse I want to go to is John 14. Can we go there real quick? John 14, seven through nine. John chapter 14, seven through nine. In doing what Jesus did, we must be restorers of relationships, creators of connection by sharing the love of God. And I want you to see this. And this is important because if you miss this, then you're going to miss the importance of connectivity. And what Jesus is doing, I, what I tell you, John 14, seven through nine. It says this, and this is Jesus talking to his disciples. He said, if you had known me, you should have known my father also. And from henceforth, ye know him and have seen him. And Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the father and it sufficeth us. Or it's it's good. That'll be enough. And Jesus says unto him, saith unto him, have I so long time with you? Excuse me. Have I been so long time with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen uh, me has seen the father. And how saith then show us the father. Jesus came and he reflected the father. We talked about this before. We, we see this all the time of who the father is. We go to uh, first John four. What does it say? God is love. And our goal, our goal should be in everything that we do in doing what Jesus did in order to form connectivity is that people should be seeing God. And the only way that they're going to see God is that they're going to see us love. Right. And love always gives. Love always gives love goes out of its way. Listen, listen. Love goes out of its way for God so loved the world that he gave, but he didn't give just anything. He gave his only begotten son. Now, that's a struggle most times because most of us aren't willing to give our best. And so in not giving our best, we're not always reflecting love. So if we're not reflecting love, then what are we reflecting? What is the world getting from us? If we're not giving love, if we're not giving our best, if we're not going out of our way, if we're not willing to inconvenience ourselves. Right. That's tough. Right. In the day of convenience. Right. The microwave man uh, drive throughs. How many of you get upset when it takes a long time to get through a drive through? I ain't going to lie to you. That's me. How long does it take them to do it? I should be thinking, why is it so fast that they making my food? (laughs) But here is the thing is that in the age of convenience, none of us want to go out of our way for convenience. And this is the exact thing that Jesus came to do. Go to Luke 1910. You guys have heard me say this so many times. Luke chapter 19. Verse 10. Actually, let's uh, no, just 10 is fine. Luke 1910. Jesus says this as he after he has an encounter with Zacchaeus and people are tripping. He says this for the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. You guys heard me preach this a lot of times. He didn't say those. Right. 
He didn't say those who were lost. He's not talking about people. He's talking about something else. He didn't just come to save people. He came to save relationships. And when people have good relationships, it saves people. Okay, but it's the relationship that was lost in the garden. From the moment that man decided to eat from the tree, separation came and he lost relationship. Listen, that was the whole reason relationship. This thing about relationship that Jesus came to restore, it was for two types of relationships. And that's why God chose the cross for him to be the 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 the, the avenue for payment. The vehicle for payment. Did you know this? It was two ways. One was from man to God. Right. That's the relationship. That's one of the relationships that he came to restore man to God. But we've talked about that a lot. And I I, I don't want to deal on that one today. Can I talk about the other one? The cross beam that had his arms stretched out. Open arms, right? That had him from man to man. And that's a connectivity that's being lost. I tell you what, I, I always laugh at this. I do own an iPhone and I'm going to talk bad about it for a second. A question that I've always asked myself is, why did, did the, the, the makers of Apple, Macintosh, decide to use an Apple that was bitten? Although we know that the Bible doesn't say that the forbidden fruit was an apple, right? It never said that. OK, it's more likely it was figs because that's what they 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 took. They probably saw, hey, we naked, man. We better hide. Let's grab the figs off the tree. But I'm, we'll talk about that another time. But anyway, that they chose that, that most people think it's an apple and it's a bite out of it. It's a bite out of it. Now, I know they're trying to say a bite, you know, B-Y-T-E, right? for computer terminology, but I always thought that was strange. And I look and I think about the the way that they progressed phone technology to where we can be connected, but yet not be connected. We feel as though we're really connected because we can send a text and check on somebody, right? We feel as though because we can FaceTime and see their faces, that we're connected, but we've lost connectivity. We lost connectivity. How are you? What's really happening in your life? The ability to sit down and we're going to talk about this and break bread together. You can't do that over a text. You can't do that over FaceTime. Now, I'm not knocking. I, got, I told you I got an iPhone, so don't, don't think. Don't go burn your iPhones, okay? That's not what I'm saying. But I'm talking about this connectivity. And here it is that Jesus says, I've come to restore relationship. This connectivity that has been lost, because when we don't have connectivity, good connectivity with the father, we won't have good connectivity with one another because the connectiveness is love. I want us to go. To And I know I'm moving quickly, but I don't have a ton to say because I want us to do. Genesis 2, 18. I want you to see this. <clears throat> Genesis 2, 18 says this. And I love this. And I talk about this every time I do premarital counseling sessions and we do marriage counseling things and we talk about this. 
And Genesis 2.18 says, and the Lord God and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help me for him. Now, the, the last part of that is the part that we do for marriage. And we talk about that. But listen, this connectivity is coming from God. Remember, and it is in marriage, but it's about man. God does not want us to be alone. He says it is important for you to connect with people. It is not good for you to be alone when you're left to yourself. Uh, the Bible says a child left to himself will cause his mother shame. Yeah. Why? Because this is the very thing that he's talking about. He doesn't want us to lose this connection. Hebrews 1025. Let's start in 1023, I believe. I know I go to a lot of verses, but I want you to see scripture on this. Anytime I'm trying to get you something that I need to stick, I don't need you to be able to say, Pastor just said, I need you to say, God said. 1024 is what I want us to start. Hebrews 1024, it says this. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Listen again. And let us consider one another. To provoke unto love and to good works. There's love again. Remember, we've talked about works already, right? That's our job here. That's what we get judged on, our works. Right? We're saved. We receive grace because of Jesus. We're saved. But our works are judged. And he tells us that the connectivity that we have one to another causes us to be provoked to love, uh, to, to do love and good works. The more I sit and I begin to communicate with you and I hear what God is doing in your life, it challenges me. It provokes me. I'm not finished with this. I want us to keep reading. That's why he said this next part. And it is a command. Not forsaking the assembling together of ourselves or excuse me, assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much more as you see the day approaching. Remind me, I'm going to touch on that. Don't let me forget that, okay? To come back to that later. But here he says, don't forsake this time. Don't forsake it because what it does is it's going to provoke us. It's going to challenge us. It's going to encourage us. But not just this. Did you know that he's not just talking about this time, the Sunday He's talking about all the times when we can get together with our family of believers and break bread together. For us to fellowship, to challenge one another constantly. Can I tell you something? I remember seeing this uh, example when I was young. A guy did this and this was when they had hot, you know, coals. He had a little a, a coal thing and he pulled a coal and he picked it up and it was red hot. And then he put it off by itself and he kept on talking and he came back to it a little bit later and he picked it up again with this little thing again and it had turned cool. The red hot was gone. And so he said, this is what happens when you're all by yourself. And he put it back into the rest of the coals and he left it there and kept talking and then pulled it back out again. And it was red hot again. It's important that connectivity, although so many of us have made this just, hey, this is just what I'm supposed to do. 
And we've lost that this is the thing that keeps me fired up. We wonder why so many of us are quitting. We're giving up and we're leaving and we're walking away from Christ because we've lost this connectivity that is important. And Jesus said, I've come to restore it, but I need your help. I need you to be the ones who show me and go out of your way to connect. Can I tell you something? Uh, Pam said something. You mind if I say this, Pam? Oh, I don't know. Okay, good. Okay. I should have said that, but I should have asked you before I said it. Put you on the spot. Uh, Pam said this the other day. She said, she said, you know, I could do better about meeting people. What I have done is I've waited for people to come to me instead of me going to people. And she said, I'm going to do better. I'm going to choose to go to people rather than waiting on them to come to me. That's what we've got to do. That's going out of our way to make sure we can connect. There's always my wife tells me, she says, she tells me that I, I always attract different people. She doesn't really say that term. She says weirdos, but I won't say that. <laughs> she says I attract different people. You know why? Because when we're in a room full of people, I look for the person that's all alone. I look for the person that's not communicating with anybody else. And that's the person I go and try to communicate with. It's the person that's feeling, I mean, listen, in a big room with people talking and yapping, I, listen, I, I, I can talk. I can talk, okay? But, uh, yes, I know. For those of you who may not know, I can talk, but I also know how to be quiet and listen. And so instead of me engaging in all that's happening where everybody else is engaged, I go find the person who's not engaged because that's the person who may be waiting. I remember when I was in, I remember a buddy of mine told me the story of his. He was in school and God told him, and he was a believer during high school. And, and God told him to go and talk to this one guy. And that day he said, I, okay, I need to go talk to this guy. And he said, if this guy walks through the lunchroom all by himself, I'm going to talk to him. And so the guy, um, Went out of the lunchroom. He was with his whole crew, went out of the lunchroom, walked back in by himself, just stood in the lunchroom all alone. And my buddy was afraid to communicate. He thought that, you know, he said, "Ah, this guy, I don't I don't think I need to talk to him. So he didn't talk to him. And the boy that God told him to talk to that was all alone in the lunchroom, went in the gym and hung himself. Now, I didn't say this to you to make it to to bring you down, but I'm saying this is what happens when people lose connectivity. They feel so alone that there's nothing left for them. And you could be the one that would show God's love. Go out of your way just to talk to somebody to see how they're doing. And let it be genuine. Right. You know what? Even if it's not genuine, still go out of your way. At least try. Even if you're uncomfortable and you fumble over your words. Still communicate with people. Maybe you'll find that you have something in common that just sparks something. Maybe it was just the one thing that a person needed to hear. 
I remember hearing a minister tell the story. He said that uh, he was doing a revival down at the bottom of the hill, and there was this big house at the top of the hill. It didn't have any gates or anything, and so he got told him to go up to the top of the hill. So he went up to the top of the hill and uh, knocked on the door. Nobody answered the door, so he yelled in the keyhole, Jesus loves you. And he went back down the hill. He did his uh, revival. He was doing the revival. He got in and during the time at the end of it, he said, and, you know, we had to be obedient to God. God told me to go up to the house and and and, and uh, talk to him. They didn't answer the door. So I I just yelled to him because I wanted to be obedient. I wanted to communicate in some way because I wanted to obey. And then from the back of the crowd, a guy comes running up to the front and says, hey, God told you to come up there because that was for me. That's my house. And I was there with a rope around my neck, getting ready to kill myself. When I heard, Jesus loves you. Wow. Just one, just, it, didn't, it wasn't a long message that he gave. It was a simple truth. Jesus loves you. This is so important for us to make sure that we come together for service, but when we go out that we can love on people. I want to tell you a couple of enemies of connection and then we'll go on. Uh, Genesis 3, 1 through 6. I'm not going to read that. You guys know the story of the garden. Okay, the devil comes, to, the serpent comes to Eve and tells her, hey, look. <laughs> God said, if you eat of this fruit, you'll die. Ah, oh, you won't die. Come on. And then she starts to look at the tree. One of the the, one of the, the the enemies of connection is this. When I see the things that I don't have rather than seeing all that I do have. God said, listen, everything that's in the garden belongs to you. Everything. Every fruit tree you can imagine. Every every vegetable, everything that was there. Everything belonged to Adam and Eve and the enemy showed them the one thing that wasn't theirs. One out of all of those things. And it caused them to put themselves in a place of disconnection. Lost connection because of seeing what they didn't have rather than relishing and lavishing and basking in all that they do have. That is an enemy of connection because it causes me to get into a position where I begin to desire what someone else has and covet. Now that I have it, now I'm jealous of you. Now I don't want to connect with you or I feel less than you because I see something that you have that I don't have. That's an enemy of connection. The next enemy of connection is Martha and Mary. I'm not going to read that again. You guys, have, I've gone through this so many times, but I want you to see this. Martha and Mary, they were, the, they were the sisters of Lazarus. And Jesus had come from a big meeting and brought all of these people. And he brought all of these people to their house. Now, I don't know about you. Remember, there's no KFC at that time. <laughs> there's no place that you can run. There's no Walmart that you can run to and grab something. You've got to be prepared when it comes time for people coming by. And so Martha was being the servant that she thought she was. And she was running around going to get everything done. And she was trying to make it happen. And her sister was chilling 
listening to what Jesus had to say, and she was upset. And Jesus said, hey, look, Martha, you're too busy. Mary chose the right thing. Busyness is an enemy of connectivity. We get so busy with everything that we want to do, it stops us from being able to take time to show up, to spend time with, to love on, to I'm in a hurry. I, I know I need to talk to them, but I'm late. Instead of being able to stop and say, even if I am late, I'm still going to connect. I'm still going to make sure I communicate. What's the most important thing? It's connectivity and showing Jesus. The last one, I promise I'm finished after this, guys, is this. Uh, when we have RBF, you guys know what that is? RBF. It is really been hurt face. Yeah, I know everybody was thinking something else. I don't know what y'all was thinking about. It's really been hurt face, not. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot of faces that's in this room. It's the faces that say this. Look, that I've been hurt before in relationship. And I'm not willing to put myself out there. I'm not sure how you're going to respond to me. So I put a countenance on that makes me look really hard, really mean, really standoffish. It pushes people away when I really need connectivity. But I'm afraid. Fear, like RJ already told us, doesn't come from God. God has not given us a spirit of fear. But he's given us power, love, and a sound mind. But fear from being hurt stops our ability to connect. Many of us, I heard a minister say this once before. He said this, and it was so profound to me. When I have a wound, maybe it's a, a, a gash or maybe it's a broken arm. I'm very protective of it. And I'm protective of it as long as the wound is open and I have pain. But once it has a time to heal and scar over, I may never forget that I had that gash because of the scar, but it won't be that I'll be so protective of it. So, so many of us won't allow it to scar. We keep on reopening the wound and it keeps us standing up and keeping people away from us this whole time because we won't allow God to come in and let it heal. And so we've got to allow those things to heal so the really been hurt face can leave. And we can be productive because can I tell you a secret when you have really been hurt face and you are a believer? You push away more people. Let me say it again. You push away more people than you attract. And you think you think that you have a right to because you've been hurt. But Jesus bore stripes in his body for your healing. But he can't do it if you won't let him. So as long as you keep thinking it's okay for you to protect, protect that scar, that wound that's been there for years. 
You're going to do more damage for the kingdom than you will do blessing. And listen at this. Listen at this. Remember, at the end of the day. Your works will be judged. And all of the people that you pushed off, that'll be a part of the part that goes through. As it's going through the fire and you like on the other side, like, come on, man, let something still be there when I get through the fire, please. And a lot of it will just be wood, hay and stubble. And it went through and you're all the things that you did in life, man, wasted. It's important to allow wounds to heal. And the way that they heal is when you allow people in to love when you let people in to love on you that's how it can be healed but as long as you're you're standing there and you're guarding it you're going to be mad you're going to still be getting mad opening your moon that's going to give you fuel on your fire as to why you need to keep people away because look at how they keep hurting you but it's you that keeps kicking people every time they try to come near you Those are things that stop connectivity. When this is what God desires for us. This is why Jesus went to the cross, not only to make sure that we would be able to go to heaven. But to restore the relationship so that we could. And so that we could help others get there. Amen. This is this is. I didn't give you the verses for that, but Matthew nine and nine, it talks about Matthew, the tax collector, how people knew him as tax collector and that kept them from being able to connect with him. They were angry when Jesus called him. But he did anyway. So no matter where you fall, Jesus is still calling you. Today is a day when you can choose to connect with people. No matter what's happened to you, no matter what's going on, you can choose to connect. I want to say this real quick. This this is a card that we have for those of you who are super shy. This is a card that we have. It's just an opening card. It's not even just for you. invite. It's not even just for people to invite them to church. It's just an opening card. If you can't do anything else, it just simply says, what are you doing Sunday? That's not threatening. What you doing Sunday? You watching the game? What you doing? You hanging out with friends? If they tell you nothing, hey, we got a seat for you. Come check us out. Guess what they may do? I don't want this mess. I don't want what you doing. I don't want that. I don't want nothing to do with your cult. You know what you do then? You know what you do? Listen, listen. <laughs> When we first started, I have to tell you, when we first started this church, it started in our house. I, I laugh about this. Uh, there was a young lady who was coming to the service, and one of her friends gave her a book, How to Know If You're in a Cult. <laughs> <laughs> so I laugh about that. But the truth is, you never know what people are going to say. Your job is not to be offended. Your job is just to love. And know that if they tear it up and they're angry, start praying for them. They have really been hurt, Faith. That's it. That's all it is. They've been hurt. And so understand that they have been hurt. 
if they receive it, many people, I remember when we first started the church, I gave, the, I gave cards like this, not these, but cards to people all the time. And they were like, yeah, we'll see you Sunday. And every Sunday, there was nobody at church. <laughs> These y'all going to joke us lying. I don't believe it. No, I just simply said, we're going to keep doing it. We're going to keep going. And we're going to keep loving on people. And maybe we'll come across those same people again and we love them some more. And if they get if they're not so mad, I get a number, text them, call them. How you doing? Get to know them. Okay. All right. I promise I'm finished. Connectivity is our goal. Don't let those things stop you from connecting. Choose to love because love is God. God is love. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this wonderful day that you've given to us. We thank you for just allowing your word to go forth. Father, I thank you and I pray that this this message sinks into the hearts of the people who are here. That we can get beyond anything that's causing us not to love or connect and cause us to be people that connect with the family that's here as well as the family that's without. And we thank you for it, Father. As we're getting set to leave this place, we're not leaving your presence but we're going forth with your anointing. We're going forth and by the spirit of you, Father God, to be able to love on people, to be able to share with other people, to connect with people. And we thank you for it, Father, that it's done by your spirit, not by us, not by power or might, but by your spirit. So, Father, we thank you that as we, we're leaving, we're remembering that we have prayer on Tuesday, Bible study on Wednesday. We're connected with those through Zoom if we can't make it so that we can pray and, and have another piece of connectivity and we can have Bible study and have another piece of connectivity just to make sure we're strengthening those bonds and Father again we love you we praise you give you all the glory in Jesus name Amen 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 Yes